Welcome into a very special edition of the full-time roundup. As leagues continue to progress and finish, we continually cover and recap them each week for you. Of course, at the end of each season, though, that means that we do have to recap and round up those respective seasons. Luckily, we were able to do that firstly with MLS, which did just wrap up its season. Congratulations to the Columbus crew for winning MLS Cup a couple weeks ago. And we figured that we would bring in a couple of special guests to talk about the MLS season that was with us. So we have a very special episode. We are joined by none other than the Charlotte Soccer Show. Hope you guys enjoy it. If you are traveling for the holidays, as Daniel and I are today, we wish you a very, very happy holiday, safe and happy holidays. And we will see you on the next edition of The Roundup. Welcome into a special edition of the Full-Time Roundup. Uh, we are going to be focusing primarily tonight on MLS and rounding up a special edition of MLS and the season that was. We also have, Daniel, two very special guests with us tonight. I don't know about you. They're friends of mine. They're tremendous friends of mine. Um, <laughs> they have one of the best podcasts here locally in Charlotte. They cover the MLS team here locally. Charlotte FC, probably the best of anybody. Without further ado, I cannot hide the surprise anymore. Of course, we have the folks at Charlotte Soccer Show. Danny and John, welcome to the show. Cheers. Such a pleasure to have you guys join us tonight. Hey, Thank man. you for doing double this. Double the Cheers. DB, double the fun, you know? Oh, Let's go. Absolutely <laughs> exponential. Yeah. My favorite part about this uh, podcast is that I didn't, the, the way I met the first DB, Danny Brackets, was like, uh, you tweet at us at the show handle, and I'd be like, DB, is this your burner account, dude? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, DB's yeah, yeah. hot takes. It was, was the like, joke <laughs> for so long that DB was DB, and yes. we didn't know that there was yes. a second oh, one. Yeah. So. so this is the first time I've seen the, the, I'm doing a show with the two DBs. Yeah. How far we've gone. Yes. How yeah. far we've yes. gone. Well, again, this is a special edition of MLS Roundup. We're going to try and do some more of these going forward, uh, rounding up as, as kind of a recap of each season. Um, so, again, we'll we'll start with MLS since that just wrapped. Danny was actually at MLS Cup. Yeah. Um, so we'll get his thoughts on that, and then we'll kind of dive into some other thoughts around MLS this the, year. The long, never-ending season. I mean, we went from, like, the third week of February to the second week of December. <laughs> what was the uh, longest yeah. longest season in history? In history, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And I do want to start there, actually, if you guys don't mind. I mean, what, obviously, we were here. We're here right now at Elizabeth Parlor Room where you guys are kind of hosts here and, and family here as we have the banner behind us. Uh, you EPR mentioned the, the spot. Man. EPR is the spot. We also so, started. So, first we did we did so full circle just to bring everything back soccer soul is strong here you mentioned a long season like i said we watched a lot of games here we watched the new edition of the league's cup just give us your thoughts overall danny or both john or both i know john is not as much an aficionado as mls but no here's the thing i've got opinions on mls perfect perfect (laughs) so what were your guys thoughts in the season overall i would just say ended on a great note but still took way too long john what do you think like well, I agree, 100%. Yes, by the end of the playoffs, it was like, um, how long have we been doing this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the international break is what There's just like crushed multiple it. international breaks that kill the momentum of the playoff tournament. It's just it's League's Cup during the middle as well. Thoughts on League's Cup at this point. I know Charlotte had a rough go in it. We put any we thoughts on the though? Yeah, League's Cup was great for Charlotte. League's Cup was great for Charlotte because we made it to the quarterfinal, learned how to win a little bit, learned how to play in urgent circumstances a little bit better, and then got like two and a half weeks of rest and – Recuperation, like bringing the new players like Deagra and uh, Ern, and like started training at that time. I was looking back at some Charlotte FC players and like how they performed throughout the season, and and so I had the the opportunity to kind of look at the league's cup run and kind of uh, read how you know some players were 
maybe coming out of injury into the League's Cup and it felt like a new competition. So I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that League's Cup is is in existence. I'm thinking, though, that they need to change it to potentially the FA Cup style, right? Where there's, there's weekends where MLS is off and League's Cup is on, right? Therefore, you're not just stopping the entire season for a month. Right. And you got to coordinate with that with MX and all that, and it can be tough. It's all it's all building towards someday they want to combine the uh, MLS. There has been talk about that, right? A lot of lot of talk about that. North American Super League. I mean, that's ten years uh, at the earliest that it would even really seriously be steps in that direction. But I'm just like the the coordination that we saw with League's Cup is a step in that direction. I think that's good. But like, I love the idea of like you know competition that we're not used to, like clubs from another league or just clubs from another division, you know, it, uh, things that are new that are not, you know, Atlanta United and Orlando and Nashville and stuff like that, like, are great to me. Two of my favorite moments of the Charlotte FC season were Nacoxa, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, won. at the home match uh, in the group stage, and then when we won the shootout against, or the PK shootout against Houston. That was yeah. a good time. Yes. Which yeah. we were here yeah. for, yeah. which we was craziness. We were all here for. Yeah. I definitely want to dive into further, a little bit further into that at some point, but I do want to ask, you guys mentioned the season being long. Of course, I'm sure you guys will cover this. The schedule is released on Wednesday, I believe, for MLS this year. So are, are there big changes in that coming, or do you guys think it's kind of same ho-hum as last year? I mean, they just came out with their rule changes that were not that big of a deal, like not that uh, – uh, they're good ones. Earth shattering. I, I really like the ones, clock though. change. I like the fact that they're going to be realistic and like live in real life and like just let the stadium clocks run up past ninety and count the full time. I hated that they would starting the timer every yeah. single everyone's game. Got, yeah. infuriating. Everyone's was, got their phone out yeah. with a little timer <laughs> clock going. Well, like, that's a, that's a, the extra time not everyone out. though. That's a, yeah, that's not a, everyone. That's why I don't like. I like the rule, but I don't like the rule. Okay. And the reason why is because if you're if you're the one that has the clock. Everyone's like, dude, what's the, what's yeah, the yeah, number? What? You and you feel like you know. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. you should have paid attention. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Watches. Yeah, exactly. But, but I like that that will count up. Other than that, there not a ton of new rules. Were like, they were more like procedural and like nothing super significant that jumped to me. Um, as for when the schedule comes out, that I just mentioned that because I think the schedule will follow a similar thing where it will be kind of conservative. I don't think there will be drastic changes to anything. Hopefully they'll compress a few things. Uh, I expect they'll. Con- There's been talk of will we continue to play through international breaks. I think that yeah, we that was part of the messy will. thing. I, I mean, that, that conversation problem, got though, started like, when Messi. We think came. the season's long now. Imagine if we, if teams, you know, if teams like the games that were played during international breaks, if that hadn't happened, it would have been even longer. So it's just like I don't know, like, you know, everyone said, raved about the new playoff form. Everyone inside the league raved about the new playoff format, but the fans were not. It didn't really capture fan imagination at all. I don't think. Well, strange format. Too. I actually have a proposal. You know, we, we saw a new yeah. tournament in, in the NBA this year with the in-season tournament kind of being at the start of the season. What if they did the League's Cup at the start? Not, I mean, it would be a glorified preseason, kind of, but what if they did that and kind of let everyone get in their full momentum right before the MLS started? Well, I think uh, the way that Liga MX works is that they, they have two different seasons. They, they, right. they, they reward two trophies, and their first season starts in January. Uh-huh. And, and so it would be their season starting as well as the MLS season starting right in that early part of the year. So you just have to coordinate. I like the idea. Okay. I like the idea. But if you were able to coordinate in that first to start the year and have those matches early and, and award mm-hmm. that, that 
that cup by um, what? Let's say June. Yeah. Exactly. At the, like like the Premier League is is raising their trophy, and it's also the League's Cup right. trophy that time of the year. If you could time a big League's Cup title match to a Premier League, uh, you know, <laughs> title match uh, similar to around that. Maybe, I don't know if the timing quite works out. I do know that uh, that's always the complaint about CONCACAF Champions League and, and yeah. now the CONCACAF Champions Cup, it's been rebranded, is that, man, MLS teams are there at the start of their season and Liga MX have been playing for two months and they're, like, ready to go and they're, you know, they know what they're doing with their uh, approach and, like, we're just figuring it out. So that's why it's harder for MLS teams to win. So I would hate to see, like, that is, there is some truth to that. So I think the same thing would be said if the League's Cup was earlier. But. And, and we've talked about this before, Danny, like getting everyone on the same schedule or the same calendar. Do you think that that's something that MLS would look at? You mentioned it a little bit earlier with the I international not. break and take, not I taking not, a break. I because I like soccer year-round. I, like, yeah. I love year-round oh soccer. You know, when MLS is on break, I focus a little more on, the, on what your guys' beat, the this, Big this Five. Is, this is know, a good yeah. take of yours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this take earlier <laughs> this week. Um, or within the last couple weeks from him, and I was like, well, it's hard to argue with that. It is. It the is summer hard ball <laughs> is undefeated. Yeah. The summer ball, I yeah. mean, it's even hot. with the Charlotte with the summer yeah. showers and all in the hot right. and, and everything, it's still fun that you kind of can take a break from, you know, the domestic or the European leagues, and you can kind of really focus on MLS because there's, like, nothing on really at that time in sports, yeah. you know, generally. So that's when – I think that's the perfect time for people to buy in because everyone wants to watch something, you know, during the summer. So it's either baseball and soccer, and soccer's kind of getting up to that point where it might be bigger than baseball. So yeah, because there's more at stake exactly. in every match compared to a baseball game that happens, you know, six times a week. Precisely. And I actually had another question for you. So the you know the limitations with the roster kind of came out a little bit, and with Messi coming in and people expecting bigger changes. What do you? What's your guys' take on that? As you know, we're struggling a little bit in the Champions League when it comes to you know against Mex Mexican teams and things like that. Are you you know Tam was updated a little bit, but what, what do you think on that? I, I think the changes are going to help us a little bit. I mean, teams they up they up the thing that Tam does. This I can speak of it in Charlotte terms, and it applies to all clubs. Is there's always the mythical Charlotte FC is going to buy down Camille Yostiak. And, you know, <laughs> he's no longer going to be a DP. We're going to put him on a high TAM salary. Well, TAM's a little higher now, so it's even easier to do that. And every, Not every club, but many clubs have guys in that situation who are like fringe DPs uh, that they that's a little easier for them to free. So we didn't get the fourth DP slot, but there are you know a dozen or so teams, including potentially Charlotte, who might have an easier time freeing up their third DP slot that's now being occupied by someone that uh, – they could be paying some. They used that spot to pay way more salary if, if they wanted. I don't know um, that I, that the Messi effect really had a big effect. Like everyone talked about it. Oh, the Messi effect. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Fourth DP, huge salary cap changes. They're going to revamp everything. So so to turn turn uh, MLS into a super league didn't happen at all. So. I think this, we'll see similar things with the schedule when it comes out. I think it'll be very much like uh, structured along the same lines as last year's schedule. And it's funny that you put it that way because now yeah. I'm hearing you say that, and I'm like, yeah, they, they everybody, all the presidents yeah. went up to New York this past week, they and they had a meeting to discuss these new rules and regulations. And you know, I'm not saying that they came out with right. their tail between their legs. When you start but off, when you start go in talking about fourth DP and you come out with hey a little more tam, it's like that's yeah. And, and to piggyback off that, someone... It's because of the weak clubs. Let me just, I'm sorry to yeah, interrupt no, it you. I know, it's because of yeah. the weak clubs. It's because of the clubs, and that's why, that's why 
you know, across MLS, they want parity in the system. Exactly. Sure. And, and the weak clubs want to make sure that they get their own. We speak from a position of, people are going to say Charlotte's a weak club because we were young and we barely connect, made the playoffs one time. But we don't feel like a weak club because we know our owner is rich. So it's like, <laughs> other. but there's other clubs out there that have more history than us who are just struggling to get by. They don't want, they don't yeah. want everyone else to be able to buy those sports because they don't want to be obligated to buy one. And those, that's the... That's the vein that won out, like John's saying, that like the old boys club stayed old instead of, you know, moving forward. And in one of the tremendous TIFOs, I guess, you guys say, we were in discourse about that, and he was saying the two of the, like, on the board are two teams that, you know, have never won the cup, are 24th and 25th all time in wins and stuff. Like, so it seems like, are those, you know, people on the board the right people to take this league forward? Does Garber have to shake up his board, if he wants the lead to keep, yeah. to keep the soccer growing, on. The yeah, soccer the soccer, on. which I hate that handle more than anything. But I've heard know. tell that he's not even a fan of the game, you know. So who knows? I, I think he's like at one time quoted saying like he he, he didn't grow up a soccer fan or something. Like that. I think he probably by now he's got him. He's been around long enough. He better like the he's game a business a executive. Yeah. But he's more enough. of a business executive than a, than a soccer fan in his commercial. So who knows? Maybe. Maybe there should be a shakeup. I'm a believer in shakeup for shakeup's sakes a lot of time. At the same time, things are going really well in MLS from the business perspective. Like, and all the complaints that are coming that we're talking about here are fan complaints that are valid. But like, like I said, everyone at Apple and everyone in New York MLS office loved the new playoff format. The fans didn't really fall in love with it, but the, the, it made money. And the, their point of view is, eh, whatever. Fans will fall in love with it eventually. We're just going to keep doing this. They might be playing the long yeah. game. Right. Yeah, and exactly. the long game is, yeah. is that Miami's coming back, right? And they might win the cup next year. Yeah, and you heard you heard that in in Soccer Don's kind of end of statement saying if we change the rules for no salary cap, it'll be because we're in a good place as a, as a league. So it it will be interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. And so it is interesting to look at, of course, as a European fan and the slant that Danny and I look at it. Or, you know, Daniel, as there's two DBs here, uh, <laughs> Daniel look at it, you know, from a European perspective. It is challenging because you just see all these clubs pay for these top players and, and you can't get that, you know, that same structure here in the MLS, which is interesting. But you mentioned Messi, Danny, uh, and, and just kind of wanted to get, I know we've talked about it at nauseum, I feel like, throughout the season. Um, was the experiment worth it at this point? Take aside from the, the roster changes and all that, but just... The experiment that was bringing Lionel Messi to MLS, was it successful in your eyes from a league perspective last year? I would say short, as of now, yes, but the jury's still out in terms of it could change. Like if five years from now we see like some type of, uh, oh, it was a false, you know, it was it was like a, uh, a rocket shooting in the night that flamed out and didn't really build anything. Like I do know already there's a lot of backlash from the pre-Messi Miami fans, the people who were diehards of the the Flamingo Nation or the Heron Nation, you know, inner Miami, they made that Fort Lauderdale drive, you know. Uh, Miami that plays in Fort Lauderdale, you know, by yeah, the way, for years those, and yeah. for several years before Messi ever showed up, and now they're kind of priced out. They're kind of like put to the side, or at the at best taken for granted, at worst completely. It's because their stadium's not big enough. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. like doesn't fit as many. They should people be playing at Joe Robbie. Yeah, exactly. Right? Hard Rock or something like that. Right, or, right. You know, just go play it. at Hard Rock. Yeah, yeah. They got enough teams there. I feel like. Well, they're building a new stadium. I think closer to their downtown. I think it is, but I don't know. But we used to make. I mean, Miami was a a meme. They were a joke. We would say Inner Miami is a brand, not a club. You know, yeah, before oh, yeah. they got messy, yeah, they yeah. were just completely yeah. written off. 
But they had these diehard fans that loved him. So now Messi's here. The world loves Miami. Messi's jersey, I think a pink Messi uh, inner Miami jersey was rated in the top five fashion statements of the year by Vogue wow. magazine for 2023 on their year end list. Like, and that's not a sports magazine. Trust me. I, I just I don't read it, but, but I saw But you do get headline. it delivered weekly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, told, I, told that, I told that headline to my daughter, and she was like, you read Vogue? And I was like, no, I read headlines. And so I'm just saying that uh, the the is that sustainable? Who knows? Because Messi only has what? I think Messi will be good this year. I think he's going to bang a goal or an assist or both. Every you know, six out of every seven games this year. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, his move yeah. over here was incredible. Like in so, retrospect, yeah. when you think about it, how quickly he took the center stage, and it was League's Cup too. Like that was it. But at, at the same time, though, we were talking about League's Cup earlier in the the show, and League's Cup was Messi's cup. Messi was not able to bring Miami into uh, into the league, right? They, they, into the uh, playoffs. I'm saying, yeah. and. and so for me, it's like okay, he accomplishes his first goal. They didn't even get, but to they don't accomplish there. the second goal. Yeah, right. So it's like okay, can they accomplish that next goal the next year, which is winning MLS Cup? Because you have to go into the MLS season if you have Messi and Busquets, Busquets and, and Alba and on your Suarez. roster. It's just like you're the favorite. Right, you have to win. Don't forget, lost the U.S. Open Cup final to Nashville. That is true. Can't ever forget that either. Did Messi start that match? Uh, I for, I don't think he played right. Oh no, he did. He did. He definitely did. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he did. for sure did. Like. Uh, yes. Because uh, I have friends in Nashville that bought tickets definitely to go for sure. And, uh, so when it comes to MLS, we've seen a couple different approaches, especially this year, on how to build a roster. Right. You had Sensi, who was arguably the best team in the MLS, who went from from bad to best, and then you have the St. Louis with no DPS. Then you have like an LAFC team who's stacked with all the headliners. Do you think there's a best way to build a roster, or do you think that's the beauty of the salary cap? How you build the roster kind of can be I very think diverse. There's a model for success, and it's one you need. I think you really need your your top DP to be dominant. Your top DP needs to be a dominant offensive force. That's like that's like the first peg in the model. Like like uh, Cucho Hernandez. Yeah, like Cucho Columbus. Hernandez. Uh, you know, or like Buanga for LAFC. And then the second DP needs to make major contributions as well, just like Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi for, for Columbus. Um, so you have to hit on the DPs. And then I really think your central midfielder is almost more important than your center back line. Like your two center halves, as they would say over there in Europe, are good and need to have a partnership. But that, that destroyer DM is like so such a good role. Uh, that needs to be had, whether it was Darlington Nagby for, for Columbus, who just breaks up attacks, or uh, for uh, Ilié for LAFC would do it, and everybody has, everyone that's good has one for sure. Jose Martinez for Philadelphia is like the model that this would be built on for me, who I'd love to go get. But Danny Pereira for Austin, he's the only one of the few good things about Austin FC. He's on the free agent market, and Charlotte's like in the mix, but I think LA wants him, so I don't think we're going to end up with him. But uh, someone like that would be great for Charlotte to bring in. It's good for any MLS team to have, for sure. So you can't really necessarily spend DP cash on that, but you really need that destroyer uh, role. And then, you know, and then beyond that, it just goes to coaching style. I mean, and you need a good goalkeeper. You need a shot-stopping goalkeeper because they face a lot of shots. But it really is all about those DPs need to just be world beaters. They just need, your DPs need to be your best players by far and, like, the best teams have the best DPs. Cucho is the perfect example, for sure. 
I also would take so like I would love to hear about this. Uh, John, this is a good question for John, especially <laughs> the Shield versus the Cup. Like what? Oh, yes. And we talked about a long season and yeah. especially on playoffs. Like you said, Cincinnati was the best team. They did have the Shield, and the Shield shines forever. But like Chiellini said that too. I don't think that the that Cincinnati was the best team by far. I thought Columbus was better than Cincinnati all year, but because of guys like Cucho Hernandez, and Columbus was my easy pick at the start of the playoffs. It was like Columbus Crews winning MLS Cup easily, and they they, they they did have to have an insane comeback against Cincinnati to pull it off. But they were they were in control all the way against LAFC in that final, for, and I was in the stands to see it. So. For me, it's uh, supporter shield. It's not even close. It's easy. Season long, and, and season long trophy. Oh, it's right? not, no, it's not. It's not. Well, yes, I love a season long trophy. I think that, that's when you think about it from like a European point of view. There is no playoffs, right? Except for in the championship to get promoted, and you know, in other leagues too down the line. But that's not actually to win the league. But for um, for for MLS, it's just it's one of those situations where there's twenty there's twenty nine teams. There's not twenty. You know, you're you're one of twenty nine. Sure. So to me, that's more impressive than winning a league, than, than winning a, a MLS Cup over a, a knockout style tournament. Absolutely, three legs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah. The three legs is what really got me. In the, in the yeah, series. yeah, the round one. Uh, like best, well, it's best of three. It's not necessarily guess, three legs. Yeah. But it's best of three. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of questions. There's only a couple of the series <laughs> went to three. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah, like, Oh, man. A lot of thoughts here, but I do want to kind of piggyback off, John, what you were talking about as far as 29 teams. We're, we're looking at potentially adding a couple more. Of course, San Diego will be added they next will be year. They will be the 30th, yeah. Um, yeah. Not next year, it will be 25. Year, 25, 25, right. Yes. What is the, from, from your guys' Which perspective? they did land in Donovan Dirty, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they Total definitely did. Absolutely did. Oh, absolutely. Every time they're mentioned. San, what was it the Loyal or the Wait? Yeah. That was. Whoever they are. Yeah. What, what, we hate them. How far do you <laughs> think this expansion goes from a league's perspective? How many teams do we get? Do we ever get promotion relegation? Kind of where do you guys stand on that as far as next steps? Garber was asked about that at the recent uh, like sort of season ender, and he said not happening. He said we're trying to get San Diego in. He said five years at minimum before we would even think about an expansion uh, uh, conversation. Got an even number now. Something so like let's that. just yeah. you know, cap it. Yeah, because – Danny and I have talked now, about it as far as having, 40 teams. Having said that, he did name Sacramento, Las Vegas, uh, and like uh, one other city no, I guarantee, as like, as no, like no, 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 no. markets who I, have been doing I, a good job. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys do predictions on the show. This is my official prediction that Vegas will have a team. Yeah. It yeah. feels that way, right? And basketball is going in now. Yeah, that's the key baseball. to signing uh, – Premier League players over here is they want to come play for, Vegas? for FC Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we've been talking about this about Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, you know, when Jack Grealish well, he is... He had a hell of a time. <laughs> he <was laughs> you would never see him on the pitch. He'd be stuck in, Vegas, <laughs> in, the, in the casinos. But, yeah, Daniel, Daniel and I have talked about before, you know, my perspective is go to 40 teams and, and then do 220, as you have in most leagues, two twenty team leagues, and, and kind of build promotion relegation there. Whether that happens, that would be fantastic. If it happens, I just don't think it happens. If it happens, I want Charlotte Independence to be part of the 40. That'd be great. You know, well, they've like, talked about the like USL, I, peer, would, yes. like USL pro, pro rel pyramid, and then if MLS instituted one, then they could be merged. But here's the deal with that. The problem is, like, you need – promotion needs to mean something. Right. But you also need to guarantee the people in the bottom of the second division that they're still going to make money. Well, it's so those parachute like, payments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, uh, that's that 350 million. <laughs> How do we dish that out? You know, 500 I would love million. It. Every, yeah. The fans would love it, and it would yeah. be great for soccer in America. And it would probably, but it would ultimately, that would be a USL killer. That would absolutely, sure. yeah. like, that would find, like, I know people have said it all the time, that would probably finally kill off USL if MLS didn't do something like that. So, yeah. 
We talked a lot about um, just kind of the state of the league and, and other teams, and, and Daniel brought up kind of um, the rebuilding process or the building of a squad. And, of course, your guys' main purview is, is Charlotte FC, who just announced a new manager, Dean Smith, who's coming over from uh, Astonville and other places and, and quite, a, quite a sign and quite a hire, essentially. Um, how do you guys see him coming in and, and rebuilding? Does this new TAM perspective change the way that he can build the squad? Or what, how does it look like? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you think about Dean Smith, the, you just think about the accolades and the accomplishments already that are there. And um, we talked to Greg Evans, a writer at The Athletic on Charlotte Soccer Show, about you know how Dean Smith really surprised him. He, he's covered Aston Villa for for a long time. He covered Smith's tenure there, knows him quite well, and he was surprised that Smith signed on with Charlotte FC, which which to me is like I agree he with Danny. expected Dean to get another job in England. Well, Stoke City came calling. Yeah. At the last minute, Stoke realized that, um, wait a minute, one of these guys is going to get away to the States and we're going to try to keep him here uh, in the EFL, and they couldn't do it because if you look at Stoke's place, and we talked about this, uh, Stoke's place on the table. It's like, does Dean Smith just um, managed two sides who got relegated, both Leicester and, and Norwich City, and do you want to hop on with Stoke City, who's 20th in the in the championship and get relegated from the championship? It just didn't make sense. Right. If Stoke City was the wrong club to come make that approach. It Had it been Birmingham City or something like it, that? It, it, it could have gone right. different. Right. Maybe Birmingham City, yeah. Probably not Birmingham City. Something like that. They're not as not, not at the bottom. Though, like well, uh, yeah, that would have been too. Yeah, 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 that would have been Already too. Already kicked yeah. Rooney to the. That would have been. Too, <laughs> that would have been too <laughs> much like cross town rivalry bullshit that, that Rooney would be able to get involved in. But I will say this. Think about it this way. And I'm gonna again. I'll put it in Charlotte FC terms, but apply to the whole league since we're talking about the MLS roundup here. Like, Charlotte FC went from their first manager was a guy who had won the Ecuadorian league. Se- and that was his claim to fame, claimed out. Second manager was a guy whose claim to fame was Patrick Vieira's assistant. He flamed out, uh, much like Vieira. Uh, you know, shout out to the gunner. I love him. But, I mean, so we go from those two to a guy who has managed Jack Graylish and a guy who's, like, been in the throes of Premier League promotion and relegation campaigns and who, like... I was at Wembley. Yeah, in exactly. Front, a guy in front of the sold-out Wembley. A guy who's managed in the what they call... The most expensive match in the world, right? That yeah. that premier that uh, championship promotion match. Which is like, if you my, want to talk about pressure, there's nothing more. My favorite part by far of the Charlotte FC coaching search was that the, that championship playoff match was the two coaches that we were trying to hire. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, same exactly. guy won again. I mean, history. The same guy won. Frank, At least you got the winner. At least you took the winner, though. Yeah, poor, <laughs> poor Frank got beat twice now. Well, Frank, Frank's going to no longer be managing at some point. History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme, for sure. I think that's a great nugget. Uh, I just want to say that that's a level up for Charlotte FC. That's a level up for the league. And those type of managers, whether Dean, hopefully Dean Smith works out as a Charlotte fan, I desperately wanted to happen. But, like, whether he does or not, it's just, like, one more uh, sign of intent that the league is bringing in a higher level quality of managerial candidates. Exactly. And, and kind of pick you off that, you know, Columbus crew just won the cup, and there's been rumor rumors about Wilfred Nancy maybe could find a job in Europe. So as, as we recruit higher and better coaches, you could kind of see not only players being an attractive 
outfit for Europe, but also coaches. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, as New York just hired a European coach as well, it's going to be interesting to see are they going to look more, you know, abroad to bring in coaches than, you know, domestic managers who have had, like, experience in the MLS. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted an MLS manager for Charlotte, but I, I said this on our show, like, I just don't think I set my sights high enough. I was, I was surprised by, again, that, that, to use that football term, the statement of intent, that, that, like, that, like, that belief of, like, going out to get someone of a pedigree that I was higher than I was even thinking was in our candidate pool, to be honest. So I agree that that is gotta be, it's got to become a trend. Is that is that an, an, an opportunity for the league? Is that a problem not only for the league but also the men's national team? If, if things like that going forward is something no, that we're concerned I about, mean, or I don't think there's not anything to be concerned about. I think what you're seeing is a gold rush, right? You're going to see a gold rush, mm-hmm. and, and the more that you think about um, the way that sports economics works now, is that players and managers follow the money. Right and like when you see someone like Messi being signed, you see. And by the way, Dean Smith, his pay has has is has not public, to my knowledge, which is something that I think we're gonna have to dig into to kind of see what that deal is. It should be out there. Yeah, I mean like and that, but that that's key to this conversation, right? And if people know what that money is, you probably got an extra five percent on that Stoke rumor the day before. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That agent rumor was was real nice. Just like, yeah, I love this deal. Let's let's pretend Stoke wants to hire you and get five percent more. You know? Yeah, just I mean it's just a, it's just a couple different numbers on yeah, David yeah. Uh, Tepper's uh, end of month uh, statement, right? He's gonna go into exactly. the next year. I think the fiscal right. year. I mean, if he follows his twelve month calendar, his, his fiscal right. year is coming up. Yeah. He, he snuck uh, these, these whatever these he's got decimal. left. He these are decimal the places. <laughs> these are decimal places. <laughs> well, gents, uh, looks like we all need another one. Um, I want to get a couple on the other side of the break. A couple quick, just fast takes from you guys uh, highlights kind of you know player of the year things like that rapid fire questions so um, we'll grab a couple beers and we'll be right back on the other side of the break some extra questions to, to wrap this up welcome back uh, we're going to get into some rapid fire questions here with again we have our friends our tremendous friends from Charlotte Soccer Show Danny Brams John Hayes, guys, cheers. No, no beer glass for me. Danny, Daniel's got to go play some soccer. He's the young in here, keeps himself in shape. Are you a DP on your uh, nightly soccer team? Yeah, they actually call me Carol. Really? King Carol. King Carol. Let's not it. inflate his ego too much, okay? I have to deal with him on a regular basis as it is. So, all right. Have you so, in Polish? <laughs> I have not. I have not. You have, you have to do that. So we want to get into some rapid fire. Do you like Polish sausage? Pasta? <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah. Could be worse. So we want to get into some rapid rapid fire with you guys on some MLS. So Danny, give us your take on best player this year in MLS and who, why? Just give us a little background as to it that. became. It wouldn't have been my answer at the start, but it ultimately became Cucho. It just Cucho was too good. He was too like, he's he's like the, he's a combination striker and uh, creative attacking midfielder. Just. So not, so not the MLS MVP? Uh, Lucho Acosta? Lucho was really good. I was getting good. confused there. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lucho. Lucho Cucho. Cucho Lucho. What Lucho Cucho. Cucho, Lucho, Lucho. Actually, shout out to... Um, um, it's funny that I'm going to call her out for messing up names. I don't remember her name. But the host of the MLS uh, post-game show on the on the semis, she kept messing up Lucho Cucho like, so badly. It was kind of funny. But Cucho Hernandez for Columbus, best player. Lucho Acosta... 
That's who, that's who won MLS MVP. Was he did. Yeah, Lucho Castro was the MVP. Good on him. Cucho Hernandez held the cup. This is why we take this man's takes, because he didn't have the MLS MVP. He yeah. gives us an actual MVP of who uh, I mean, what? I'm going to go. I'm a punk rocker. I'm not, I'm not going to go with the mainstream guy who actually won the award. I'm going to pick my own person for the award. Uh, and I, like I would have voted for Lucho. Like I said, Lucho Acosta is great, and he is a scorer from the creative attacking mid position, but he's not like the, he does. He can't do the same thing as Cucho, which is slide into a striker role and let someone else create as well, um, as much as Alvaro Barrial did create from the wings. But Cucho Hernandez, best player in MLS, he will be. I don't think he'll be back. I think he'll probably be gone in January, somewhere. He, he's played for Watford before he came to MLS. I would love to see him stay in the league, but not. Against not in the same conference as Charlotte. So. I, I never Goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, that's like, that wow. Uh, so I would give it to Celentano, the uh, the Cincy goalkeeper for sure, because he's so young. And Schulte for Columbus is also a young, great goalkeeper. Andre Blake will probably be recognized as the best goalkeeper in the league, most people would say. But I love uh, what Celentano did, and as much as Costa's MVP campaign is why Cincy won the Supporter Shield. For a 21-year-old goalkeeper to step in and on a supporter shield winning team, that's incredible. To me. I think it's awesome. There's one good thing that MLS has. It's some damn good goalkeepers, historically speaking. I feel because like the, that's because the back lines are so bad. They have to be. That is true. They at least put up good stats. They're shot stoppers. They at least put up good stats. They're definitely yeah. shot stoppers. I don't know about goals. That's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the number one position that MLS sends to Europe, that's right? Why, yeah, that's why exactly. yeah, that, that was true. the conclusion I was drawing right I think this one's pretty easy, but um, manager of the year. Uh, you think it's easy? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's got to be Nancy, you know, dancing Nancy. But what about uh, Pat Noonan? He, we, we talked about the supporter shield and how important that is. Good on him, but I just, I just, I mean, so Nancy kind of gets it for like the sort of the, the double dip achievement of he was the manager of Montreal. Is it the time, by the way, to say uh, Danny was treated in the VIP section? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Little bars. I didn't want to throw it out there, Adam, but he, I saw the I saw the spread that he had at, at the at the MLS Cup. So I, it was it wasn't Taco Tuesday, but I did have two giant uh, build your own tacos from the taco Someone bar, courtesy yeah. of of uh, the soccer dawn. Um, but uh, ultimately, and I, you know who I saw in the VIP? What MLS legend do you think I saw in the VIP? Um, I'm going to say recently retired, cup winner within the last seven years, central defensive mid slash center back. Jermaine Jones? No. Uh, Beckerman. Bradley. No. Oh, no, Beckerman? You'll never get it. Michael Parkhurst. Parky. Uh, Michael Parkhurst from Atlanta. Uh, maybe only, a legend, in, maybe only a legend in Atlanta fans' minds, but everybody loves Parky. And I looked, I was at the bar waiting for a drink. I looked to my left. It's Michael Parkhurst. So I'm like, Hey, Parky, what's up, man? He's like, hey, how you doing? Maybe Michael Bradley so, hasn't retired, <laughs> but uh, he he did retire when he played center back for Charlotte. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We retired him for sure. He's I think he's assistant coaching for his dad in Norway right now. But uh, so to get to the, I love the fact that John always says, oh. Danny Brams rapid fire that I like refused. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't wanna, I, didn't, I know. I know what we're getting with. Here's why Nancy gets it because he 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 knows his worth. He gets the award for knowing his worth. He was the manager of Montreal. The ownership was bad. The sporting directing was bad. They were they they got rid of some of their best players. They were they were a, a, a club and an organization that was adrift. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. Columbus, come get me. And he like made himself available for Columbus crew to come get him. 
and he said, I'm going to make it work. I got the vision, but I just need, I need what's going on in the crew. I don't need what's going on in Montreal. It's not right. And he knew his worth, and he kind of took a risk to, like, leave a job he had to go hope to get a job at Columbus. He got, they locked it down, and he won the cup. So, uh, also, they traded their yeah. very best, they sold their very best player midseason, Lucas Elarion, to, to, to the fucking Saudis. To the fucking Saudis. Which was crazy <laughs> at the time, and then you get Diogo Rossi, and, and you make a bunch of trades, yeah. and, and it worked out for you. You get right. Dylan Gressel as well. Right, they bring in Gressel, and then they were like, ah, Gressel's good, but let's go get Rossi instead, and Gressel I'm, goes to the bench. I think Gressel's a free agent. Yes. He yeah, Gressel's go probably going to Miami. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so, a Miami is his yeah. likely destination. That actually cues me up for my next question. I know it's still the offseason and it hasn't been decided you know like not every roster is in place but who do you see as your dark horse next year that's you know not being talked about Charlotte FC not even close yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I mean it's I besides mean, that alright right. right. <laughs> 1B would yeah, be that would be my answer too <laughs> I do think teams I don't think it's like the NFL it's not quite NFL like where you can like completely rebuild and come out of the world what's your sense but since he turned around in two years so dark horse Miami doesn't count because they missed the class, but they have Messi. Yeah, they have Messi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, it might be New York Red Bulls, to be honest, as much as I hate them. Uh, they had a little bit of a season to forget. They did crush Charlotte in, the, in that playing game, but then they were no-shows against Cincinnati in their series. So they're bringing, bringing in Forsberg. They're bringing in Forsberg, yeah. They're bringing in, they have a new coach. They bring in an Emil Forsberg uh, from the Red Bulls Europe uh, operation. I, for one, think that could be a disaster, but could, it could also be a huge success. He might. He. I feel like Forsberg is an all or nothing. He's either gonna not fit. He's gonna be too old and not able to play their style. And and he's not that old, but he just he doesn't play a lot of minutes. He's not. He's not a guy that you consider a ninety-minute player. However, he could just have so much talent that he just dominates. So who knows? So I think Red Bulls are a dark horse. Sadly, the, the good thing about like the or the Red Bull group is they all play the same football. So like when he does get to right. start, he's still a dynamic player. So he should be right. able to translate. He's extremely talented. It's just a matter of how much life is in the legs yeah. of him. Also, Seattle will come back. Seattle, Seattle will come back for no sure. No Ladero, that yeah. that hurts though. Yeah, but they're a different team this year, and I think I think I mean they went pretty far this year. So it's tough to call them a dark horse, but I still think. Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Well, this year was by far the East. The East was way better. I think we saw that. Um, Cincy, I think, would have beaten LAFC also. So I'm going to say Eastern Conference because that's where the crown plays. That debate is, like, the same in uh, NFL, yeah. NFC versus <laughs> AFC. And it always, like, I'm always just like, I, you know, it's hard to – what does it actually mean when that's the case, though, is my right. question. Like, even if West is not as good as East, like, what does it mean right. if, the, if the top team is still the best in the league? Right? Well, so you it's do like, play it's a almost slightly, easier. You play I, a I'd rather, staggered schedule. I'd rather be in the, in the worst conference with the best team than be in the best conference with the best team. And that's what yeah. LAFC did this year, for sure, I think. Um, I think it's descriptive, not predictive, right? You can say, oh, this conference is better than the other one, but like Johnny said, it doesn't really mean anything. It's not yeah. going to tell you what's about to happen. The fact that the East was better this year doesn't mean it will be better next year. The West could be better next year. So it doesn't really mean much predictive well, Especially when, the nine, it, when nine teams get in, Danny, it's like, it's like it, it's, it means even less. Yeah. You know, because the schedules are not obviously right. equal. And also, I believe 
what, like 10 coaching changes? Like, like Charlotte FC is not the only team with a new coach. Like, everybody has a new coach this year. <laughs> it's going to be really fire their Feels like it, right? Yeah. It's going to be wide open. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it should yeah. be wide open, hopefully. To bring things a little closer to home, a couple Charlotte FC questions to get, take us home. Playoffs or no playoffs next year? Definitely playoffs, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like clearly step one is start the franchise. Step two is make the playoffs. Step three is actually get into the playoffs and, and maybe compete for MLS Cup. Especially if you have, I think, the, the most important thing to do is host a playoff match, right? It still hasn't done that yet, Charlotte FC. So that, that would be probably the number one goal. And I think in February, talk to me about what the roster looks like and who knows what could happen. We had the talent to be a better uh, placed playoff team this year and we just – the coaching let us down. I'm convinced. No doubt about it. What what spot in, in the table in the East Conference will make you least satisfied? You know, like nine. Host a playoff game, top host, four. So top four. Okay. Top yeah, four, but, top no, four but you host a playoff game when because of the best of threes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Top four. You in the, top, not wrong. Top four in the East to me is a good season. Even if you don't go on to win the whole thing, top four means tells me that you were you were, were in the mix. You were in the mix. You were a contender. Yeah, yeah. being a contender, being being in the mix. I think. Oh man, for me, it's just like you've got to be competing for something. Whether it's Charlotte FC, it's just like just like make sure that you're competing. That's why the League's Cup run was fun because it felt like you were actually competing for the for a trophy. The, the, the club is really after its first piece of trophy, a piece of hardware, I should say, and, and getting that trophy. Um, that's that's ultimately what the goal is for every club. I know that, but Charlotte FC was built in the image of Atlanta United. I know a lot of people don't like to recognize that or feel that way. I mean, I, I but I do, right? We are we are held up to Atlanta United standard, and that's why I think it's Charlotte FC's biggest rival. And last one for me, Western Conference opponent that Charlotte has not played that you're looking forward on the schedule. It's uh, it's not even close, but it needs to. Well, we have played them. But it's got to be at Austin. I want to play at Austin. I desperately want a road game in Austin. I mean, they have a great stadium there, and I have tons of roots in Austin. I would make all my friends from Austin come to the match and buy them Charlotte gear to wear, and it would be great. So the question is, which road match do we want to go to? Correct. Which okay. road match? Well, the, the, you, you mentioned Austin, and I wanted to make the point that, did you see what happened with the season ticket numbers this year? About how the club is including an away game with your season oh, ticket Oh, I did package. see that, yeah. yeah. So so now it's a, good, it's a good question. It's relevant now. Because if you downgraded every, from the club level, you lost two season tickets. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know anyway who that would have happened to. I, don't, I, I just, I, two away first, game tickets. First time yeah, I'm hearing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that the folks up in club or all the corporate uh, the offices here in town are going to be able to get to the away matches this season. Uh, but, I mean, honestly – we go to DC every season, um, so for me it's DC. We're going back to DC. We're going to see. A, we're going to see a fucking goal. We got to see a goal. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. We saw one fake goal and then like six DC goals in a row. So yeah, for sure. Sounds like it's going to be a fun road trip in the future. Oh, I mean, yeah. I love going to DC. It's an easy drive. It's a it's a beautiful drive. If, like I always go up 95 through like the main way. But then on my drive back to Charlotte, I go through the, the slow way through Virginia Hills. Oh, so, oh it's beautiful. We, we did that drive. Yeah. And I always remember the, uh, the tank. The, the, yeah, the petty yeah, tank yeah. on the way back. <laughs> yeah, the petty yeah, tank on the, the way tank. back. Because, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where um, you could you, – if the club is going to give you a ticket, right, make it is as inexpensive as possible. Right. Get in your car and drive somewhere. Don't go fly somewhere crazy. 
Like just like go exactly. drive, make right. the drive and make leverage. these. Yeah. Leverage that free ticket into a very cheap road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gents, we really appreciate it. We really enjoyed the conversation about MLS and where things are going. Uh, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you can follow John and Danny at Charlotte Soccer Show or For the Crown Baby on X. Please go ahead and, and download, uh, like, subscribe, and follow those guys. They do tremendous coverage of, of MLS and, and, of course, Charlotte FC specifically. Um, we've had a blast. We're, we're looking forward to some more content with you guys in the future. Uh, Daniel is going to be on break uh, here for the holidays. We're on the Seven Seas excursion. Uh, but uh, we'll be back, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely get you guys up to speed on everything. Again, thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, we really enjoyed it, and looking forward to some more conversation. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Round up.